Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Thank you, Ryan Treasure, AKA Radio Red in the house. So welcome to Read My Lips. This is my show about creativity. That's all we're going to talk about today. I have three wonderful guests, but first, and by the way, it's the first Monday of April. How about that? Uh, no fooling. That was two days ago. We're not going to play any tricks here. I want my three special guests to please raise your hand in the shape of an L. And we're going to do a shout out on the count of three. We're going to say hello, L, L, L at that speed. Okay. One, two, three. Hello, hello L, 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 L. Josh, that was the best ever. I can't, I can't believe it. Ladies, <laughs> uh, and we didn't even rehearse it. LLL is a very special lady. Lovely, lanky Laura Legs. She's our most loyal listener. She's been listening to the show for years. I met her several years ago at a ballroom dance and a class on Long Island, New York. And the only problem is that she lives in Whitestone. And Whitestone is a W and it's not an L. So we've been taking a poll on where we can send her. I've been using a, a fake GoFundMe for years. It's fictitious, but it's fun to send that to raise money we were going to send her to london but it was too hot there last summer so somebody said larchmont and no offense to anybody in larchmont that just isn't classy enough for laura so if you all have any <laughs> suggestions <laughs> diane may know what, where that is if you have any suggestions please email them to me at aka radio red at gmail.com thank you very much so this is april 3rd it's the 93rd what day of the gregorian calendar i don't know if anybody knows this gregorian was pope gregory the 13th and he created this calendar, which upheaved, up replaced the Julian calendar, spacing leap years a little farther apart or closer together, perhaps, in 1582. So I like to say he was one of the original creatives. I don't know what his mom told him, but he went out in addition to being a pope, and he said, I don't like that calendar so much. I think we need to do something about it. And if that's not creativity, there you go. We are in the Aries time frame. And the Aries, any of my guests, Aries? Anybody late? Oh, Diane Bame is an Aries. Well, I'll tell you what we think about you and the people like you, Diane. But mm -hmm. I have, to have a feeling that JP and Tamika, whom I haven't introduced yet, I think we all are honorary Aries. Listen. Aries do things their own way, ladies. Are you all? Mm -hmm. Come on, you can nod if I hit the mark. They're unafraid of conflict. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> They're highly competitive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ambitious. Mm -hmm. Yes. Honest. Mm -hmm. Very. High energy. Yeah. Self-aware. Mm -hmm. How about strong opinions that you're ready to defend? I, JP's not sure about that one. <laughs> I'm not either. They throw themselves at the world eagerly without fear. Mm, what do you think? Driven yeah. to prove themselves and their strength. They are natural take charge people. I like that. And they can be impatient, so don't waste an Aries time. Diane, does that describe you? I'm afraid that was 100% on the mark. <laughs> well, and what's the date of your birthday? got to tell us. April 13th. Oh, well, we're 10 days early, so we'll wish you a happy birthday. Thank JP, you. you were pretty much on that description too, right? Close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And April 13th is my mother and father's 67th wedding anniversary coming well, up. Well, mazel tov to them. And Tamika, do you have anything else to celebrate on April 13th? 
No, not on April 13th, but my oldest daughter, Morgan, was born on April Fool's Day. And today is actually my son's birthday, Ellis. So oh <laughs> I my. have two Aries kids born two days apart. So, And I had an Aunt Beatrice, Aunt B, who was born on April 7th. And all I'll tell you is I learned early that that's my half birthday because I'm on October 7 Libra. And somebody oh. said to me, a half birthday? Seriously, Red? You talk about that? Well, listen, when we were kids and somebody said, how old are you, Diane? And you might say, I'm two and a half. And Tamika, I'm four and a half. Exactly. I'm seven, JP, I'm seven and a half, right? Well, why not go back to halves? Because you're not quite there and you're not sure you want to go there. So I think <laughs> we should reinstitute the half birthday. So we have April 1st, we have April 13th, we have April 7th. We have a lot of Aprils to celebrate and I'm celebrating that you're all here. So I tell you what, let's do some introductions. I'm going to just say your name and a little bit about you just wave hello when I call you. And we are live on LinkedIn and Facebook on several channels. So everybody wave hello to social media. Hello to, there we go, to live stream. And hello to Josh, my trusty engineer at Voice America Empowerment Channel, who is so good to us every Monday night. So first up, we have Diane, and she spells her name D-I-A-N-N, no E, Diane Floyd Bame. And Bame, I had a, a colleague, a, a actually a student I knew in college. I went to the famous Sarah Lawrence College where oh, wow. Yoko Owner, Barbara Walters, Leslie, I ran into Leslie Gore in the bookstore one, to, one day, it's my party. Yeah, I, I didn't try to you know get her autograph. Right. <laughs> I was way too classy for that. Diane, but I, there was a Sarah Bame and that's how I knew how to pronounce your name. So Diane Floyd Bame writes children's books to inspire children to be kind, to like themselves, and to embrace imagination, along with Dr. Jacqueline, and she'll tell us who that is later. She co-hosts Fashion, Fitness, Travel, and Leisure. Diane, welcome. So happy to have you here. And a shout out to Mickey Mickelson, who brought you to us. Actually, he's responsible for all my special guests today. Tamika Thompson is with us. Hello, Tamika. Well, Tamika just had a real lazy childhood. She wasn't doing anything. At the age of four, she was in TV commercials. She was starring in print ads. She was on runway shows. She was winning beauty <laughs> pageants. Just a lazy, laid back. Oh, I'm four. What am I going to do with my life? She now hosts the Tamika Talks Terror blog, and she's written a speculative story collection. I have no idea what that is, but you're going to tell us in a minute. Tamika Thompson, welcome. And you come to us through a lady who was on the show a few weeks ago, Francesca Maria, who is a client of Mickey Mickelson. So there, all in the family. <laughs> Thank you. And then we have J.P. McLean. Secretly, she calls herself Joanne, but she's J.P. to us. <laughs> she's the author of Urban Fantasy and Supernatural Thrillers. I can't wait to hear what that is. And her first series is complete with seven books. She didn't stop at one, two, or three, four, five. She went to seven. I am a big fan of people who can write that. I've been writing my own novel for two years, and I'm stuck. It's so much fun, I forgot to finish it. Prior to creative writing, JP worked in Oh, wait for it. Human resources. I love when people have a background that is so opposite to what they're writing. JP, wave hello. So I'm calling this episode, Read My Lips, Imaginative Creativity. Because sometimes I run out of words to describe creativity because I've been doing this show for so long. So thank you very much. Those are, no, we're just getting started. We're in the house here with Radio Red, Diane Floyd Bame. I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of a full three minute bio, Diane? We want to know a little bit about your background. How did you start? Why is it so important to teach kids to be kind? I know the answer, but I want to hear from you. Diane, go ahead and welcome. Sure. And thank you. And thank you so much for having me. 
Um, so I have a lot of chapters in my life, and you did such a great job with my bio. Um, I think my themes really talk about my books. But I started off as a classroom educator, and I've taught from preschool all the way up to eighth grade. And with each class, no matter how old they were, I was always telling stories. And so it dawned on me one day when I was working in the garden that it was time to put my stories to print. And that's the road I started. And it took a long time to get published, but once I did, I'm like, you can't stop me now. <laughs> so, Children's, Children's books. Why? Why why did you start that? What was your, your passion for that? And tell us who Dr. Jacqueline is. Sure, I'll be happy to. Well, I'm a child at heart. I just love imagination. And when I'm teaching kids, no matter who they are, or even with my own kids at Christmas time, they always get a toy for Christmas because I tell them, always remember the child inside of you so that you can stay true to who you are. And so children, I just want them, you know, Life can throw a lot of curveballs, even when you're young. People forget that playing is hard work for them. That is their work. And so if I can write stories that make them laugh and giggle and they're honest and children will tell you if that book is any good or not, you know, then, then I've done something really nice. And it's, um, you know, they're so sensitive and when somebody can hurt their feelings and they don't really mean to, but they did. And, and I want them to know, no matter what, to love yourself just the way you are. So I'm sort of the person who loves to have the rose-colored glasses on. And I get really sad when I have to actually enter the real world. Oh, and who's Dr. Jacqueline? What do you do on your, is it a podcast? Is it radio, TV? What is it? So I'm so blessed. I get to be on USA Global TV and Radio. It's a live streaming show. She has about 24 shows now, and I'm on um, three of them. And I've actually changed um, to a new one that's um, UK News, Culture, and Radio. So I get to be with four amazing other uh, co-stars, three of them from England, that are very well connected with the royal family and the news in Scotland. So <laughs> I'm always excited about Wednesday mornings. And Dr. Jacqueline's just this amazing woman who left the corporate field and decided to teach herself how to have her own show and, and run and produce the shows. And I just became part of it. So look at me. That's wonderful. So where's the fascinator? And are you going to do, can you do the royal wave for us, Diane? Bain? There, there. Everybody, Hello. ladies, you come on, let's all do the royal <laughs> the royal wave. I, I didn't know yeah. we were going to do that on the show. I would have rehearsed it. Of course, I, I was Mr. Park a long time ago from Miss Texas, and so I had to learn that wave. <laughs> touche, touche. Thank you very much, Diane. Pleasure to meet you. Let's go to Tamika Thompson. Can't wait to hear what in the world you're doing at age four doing all that stuff. Well, you know, I, it's funny because I actually had to master the wave at four <laughs> Four years old. No, my, my mom, Corliss, who was watching, she put me in modeling, acting, singing and dancing when I was very young and pageants. But I was always really drawn to the acting, um, even when I was four and five years old, if it was a television commercial or if I had to become a character in a print ad. I think I really enjoyed storytelling and creating characters in dialogue. 
um, that I was, that was just always really fun for me. And, um, fast forward to when I turned 18, I left Detroit where I had been growing up and I went to New York, um, Columbia university, which is where I met my husband. And I was still acting at that time, but I thought that I was going to become a lawyer and on a whim took an internship and worked at a national news network behind the scenes and fell in love with that version of storytelling. And I I retired from acting at that time and, and moved into production and left New York, went to LA to journalism school and, you know, went full force into production behind the scenes. I was going to be, you know, this news journalist and, and it was all working out just fine. Um, but then I had my daughter and I think that there was always something within me that I knew I, I had not gotten to that, that kernel or that thing within me yet. Uh, From a young age, we had a very strong oral storytelling tradition in my family. So my mother, my grandmother, my dad, they would tell us stories at night as opposed to reading us books. And some of the stories were horror stories. And so when I was was young, I watched, you know, horror films and, and read scary books. And so I took a writing class on a whim when my daughter was young, I think as an outlet from this like really demanding career and, you know, taking care of my daughter. And these very dark stories started to spill out of me. And, and it was almost in the beginning, like I didn't know where it was coming from. But when I really stepped back to reflect, it made total sense because I was pulling on everything that I had done up to that point, the dialogue from the acting, the character creation, the storytelling, and I put it all into the work. And I think once I figured that out, I um, I really gave myself permission to set up a writing practice and everything kind of flowed from there. You're making a face. I'm making a face because I love what you said. Giving yourself permission to set up a writing practice. I talk to authors every week on this show, on my business shows. I've never heard anybody say it quite that way, Tamika. That's very powerful. Sometimes I'll put things into my own calendar. Like before a radio show, I put in prep time. I put in 45 minutes just so I'll make a, an attempt at stopping everything else I'm doing before a show. And and I will tell you all, one of my upcoming guests just sent me a link to a rock group called Mercy Me that has a song called Happy Dance with a video that's unbelievable. I put it in my calendar to watch that video every morning at nine o'clock. You probably all think I'm nuts, but find it. You won't believe the song. It just makes, so giving yourself permission. Very, very interesting, Tamika. Um, I can see the acting background in you, the way you speak, the way you articulate. I have a question for you. We are all staring. I know Diane and JP and everybody following us on on live streaming now on the cover of your book that's sitting next to you. And it looks like somebody is rather undressed, holding a towel with something over her, shall we say, derriere. I'm trying to be very French here. What is the title of the book and what is that picture? Can you hold it up for us? The The collection is called Unshod, Cackling and Naked. And it is the final line of a story uh, in the collection called Mannequin Model. And it is about- Hold it up again. Hold it up again. It's it's about a woman who is in New York and she takes a modeling job and she is receiving 
a slew of insults from people and she breaks free. Much of the work in here is transgressive, but she breaks free from the labels that are being placed on her in the insult. And in this process of breaking free, she breaks actual glass. And the the publisher actually put together the cover to be provocative, to speak to this, this, this breaking free that she did, this freedom that she had, giving herself permission, <laughs> giving herself permission to be who she really was as opposed to who she was being told that she should be. So it's not me, by the way. <laughs> I, what, we, Diane, were you were you cons- were you thinking it might be Tamika? Yeah, I, I thought maybe she put a wig on so the hair was a little shorter, but yeah, I thought See? it might be. It wasn't I, me. It wasn't I, Tamika. It was Diane. You can blame Diane Bame. JP, were you thinking it was Tamika too? Oh, for sure. No oh, question. Oh, I'll join the party. You know, then. everyone says it, and when my mother saw it for the first time, she said, "Oh, wait, is that supposed to be you?" <laughs> I said, no, mom, no. That's funny. I I like the fact that it's provocative in a tasteful way. Isn't that what people used to say about Playboy? It's very tasteful. It's the art. Of course, we know that. Yes, absolutely. Tamika, thank you for the bio. I appreciate it. I like that. Would you send me a PDF of that book? I really want to read it. Uh, That's really cool. It's a bold title and a bold cover. Very beautiful. Thank you. Let's go to JP. Am I saying McLean or McLean? What do you prefer? McLean. McLean, okay. JP McLean, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please honor us with, tell us who you are. Welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's wonderful to be here and uh, and meet you lovely ladies. I am, uh, as you had so uh, said during my introduction, I'm a business grad and that is so right brain. So for me to be a business grad working in human resources and and to end up in this position was a surprise to me as well as everybody else, I think, who ever knew me. Um, And the way that happened was after I had been working for about 10 years, I elected to put my career on hold and travel with my husband because he had a very interesting job and worked all over the world. And I had the opportunity to work or to live for a year down in Mexico and um, and uh, three years in Tucson. And when I got back, we'd spent so much time in the sunny south that the first winter I was home, the rain was ridiculous coming sideways. The wind was howling. It was cold. I did not want to be in this weather, but I was stuck there. And I had been reading an awful lot of urban fantasy novels, uh, paranormal novels while I had been away. And so I took the opportunity before I ever got back into work, and I never did get back into the the paid work world that I had been in. Um, I took the opportunity to, to explore what it would be like to turn my own experiences, my own dreams that I have into a fantasy novel. And it started off with just a scene and I actually didn't think I would be writing a novel. I was just challenging myself to put, um, I, I dream of um, flying and I've had that recurring dream since I was a kid. So I just wanted to put in words that feeling that I get when I'm having that dream. And I was so surprised that I never thought I'd have an idea big enough for a book but it turns out you don't need an idea big enough for a book. You just need an idea big enough for that first scene. And I was so inspired by writing that and so encouraged by other people's reaction that it just kept building the story out from both ends. And next thing you know, I had a book and I had it vetted by some people that 
knew about these things. And they said, yeah, you've got a book here. You, it needs work, a lot of work, but you've got a book here. And when I finished writing the first one, I missed the characters so much. I missed the writing. And so I just kept going. And that first series ended up, as you had said earlier, with seven books. And I now have a new series that's two books in and the third book is written. It's just being edited. So this is going to be a lifelong thing for me. I just know it. I love it. I, I get up every day and it's my reward for housework. It's my reward for any nasty thing I have to do. I sit down and write and I just, I don't think I'll ever not write. JP, are you a pantser or a plotter? I, I started off as a total pantser. As I said, I just had one scene and I built it out. I didn't know mm -hmm. what I was doing. But the, the further into the series I got, I I had to start plotting more because I kept writing myself into corners and I kept mm -hmm. forgetting threads that I needed to pull through. So I am now um, very much a plotter, but it is a hybrid. And I think it's probably a hybrid for most people yes. because I do have... A beginning and end, I maybe have, you know, two or three, four, maybe five turning points in the story or major scenes. But as I start writing it, if it goes in a direction that looks more interesting than the outline, I'll, I'll change the outline and follow my characters where they want to go, because that always makes it more interesting. Thank you. Tamika, pants or platter? I, I would have to agree with JP that it's a little of both. And, and for me, it depends on the story. Some stories start off and I know everything that is going to happen in it. And it kind of flows out without me having to necessarily plot. Some don't. Some, the seed of the story is, is one little image. And I, you know, and then I will get that image down or I will get that moment or that scene down and then spend the rest of the time um, organizing and figuring out where we're going, where the character wants to go. That's sometimes that's if I, if I, yeah, if I have an ending, if I have an ending already, then I work backwards. I'll, I'll plot in reverse. <laughs> there you go. Which happens sometimes. Diane, in your work in children's books, do you, are you a pantser or a plotter or do you want me to define those or you know what they are? <laughs> I know exactly what they are. Uh, I'm definitely a pantser, 100%. I get my ideas mostly in the middle of the night and I have to wake up just like I did this morning at four o'clock in the morning and I wrote the story. And of course, there'll be a lot of editing, but it was just like it flows. My one thing I want to share is I do have a young adult historical fiction and I started off as a pantser, but um, I became sort of a hybrid, like JP was saying, because you have to remember how to bring those um, the storyline through as you go. So but, thank you very much. Yeah. I will tell you all that several years ago, I decided I wanted to write a romantic comedy play. So I looked up Playwriting 101 online and I found an outline and I put it into a Word document and the spacing and the font and the size and all of that and the scene and the define the characters and all that and the openings and the closings. I started at one o'clock in the morning. I think I wrote for four nights, one to four. And I had a play, and I was so excited about it. I, I had a television show on Long Island called Something to Talk About, and I had friends who were in community theater. And I invited them to come to my studio, and we got green screen. We did some background videos, and we produced the play. And then my director at the time and I 
edited down to 29 minutes and 30 seconds because that was the length of the TV show. It was 30 minutes live and I wanted to present it on TV. So we it was excruciating editing. We got to take that little, little bit. Oh, that word. Oh, that line. And we did it and I produced it and I put it on my TV show. But I want to tell you that the characters talked to me. They told me what to say. They were here. They were here in my heart. They were in my memory. They were part of me or people I had known or imagined I had known. And it was just so much fun. I wrote two more plays in a similar manner just by one o'clock in the morning, just start writing for a couple of, oh, it's four. I got to go to work at night. I think I better got a couple hours, a couple of minutes of sleep. That'll do it. <laughs> right. But that passion is so exciting, isn't it, ladies? And, and to make you mention the characters, do they want to have that ending? They will tell you. They will. And unless you've done that, you don't understand it right? You have to have been there, done that. Anyway, ladies, thank you for the bios. This is very exciting. I really enjoyed talking to creatives. So let's go get a little more creative here. I've asked each of you to please send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric. And you're going to take just about two minutes because we have so much to cover and tell us what it has to do with your creativity or creativity in general. So Diane, you have sent us a line from the beautiful Left Us Way Too Soon, Whitney Houston's 1985 song called The Greatest Love of All. It was written by Michael Masser and Linda Creed. She wrote the music and it was originally conceived, it was recorded in 1977. Did you know that? It was recorded eight years earlier by George Benson and made number two on the U.S. Hot Soul Singles Chart, the first R&B chart top 10 for his company, Arista Records. And it was the main theme of a 1977 movie, The Greatest, about the boxer Muhammad Ali. So it was way before Whitney Houston got a hold of the song. Uh, she recorded it eight years later with the title The Great Greatest Love of All, not The. They dropped The, and it peaked at number one in the U.S., Australia, Canada, and on the U.S. R&B charts in 1986. And we miss Whitney. And here's the line you have picked. I, I won't sing I'd love to, but I won't. I don't want to ruin the show. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. I want This is not a faith-based show, but I want to say amen to that. Diane, lovely quote. Thank you so much, Diane. What does this have to do with your creativity? I know it has to do with your writing, but how does this talk to you? Go ahead. I just think it's such a powerful song, and I truly believe, as anyone has said in always that the children are our future. They're our future leaders. And if we can teach them to be, to love themselves first, because if you don't love yourself, it's hard to have kindness and compassion. And so that song just really spoke to me. And I have always played it in the classroom. I remind people about it. And um, it's just, it helps me and motivates me. Thank you very much. Yeah. There's also our inner child that needs to be taught sometimes and to yes. lead the way, right? We, we can't right. forget that inner child. Thank you very much. Would you believe the lamp here on my desk I've had since I was 10 years old? It's a beautiful, it looks like pearlized uh, glass. It, it looks like, like an opal almost. I don't know how, but I've kept it with me since about the age of 10. And I don't have any specific memories about it, but it still works. <laughs> it's really, really nice to bring that part of my childhood along with me, along with the love of red. We won't go there. 
Thank you very much, Diane. Tamika Thompson, I'm looking at your quote. I can't say some of these words. I don't usually say them on my show, but I didn't tell you not to, but that's all right. I'll say it. Don't worry. Well, the quote is from Mr. Sims, played by, and and he left us in 2021. The actor is Clarence Williams III. Many of you may remember him on a TV show called The Mod Squad, 1968 to 73. He was in the film Purple Rain, 52 Pickup, Tales from the Hood, Hoodlum, Half-Baked. He didn't do anything in his life. Life, American Gangster and Reindeer Games. Um, he was way too young to leave us. I know that. Although he was he was up there, I guess. Uh, this is from the movie Tales from the Hood, 1995 American comedy horror anthology film. And I say it to a lot, on a lot of my shows and to my guests, back in the day, and that could have been your last year, I don't know, it's a drama or it's a comedy or it's a mystery, right? Or it's a science fiction. Now we combine so many genres in the way we describe them. We have dramedies and comedies and it's fantasy and it's urban and it's fiction and it's horror and it's it's a half a biopic and not another half. Anyway, I'm always intrigued. So this is a comedy horror anthology film and it's a executive produced by Spike Lee. There you go. Four short urban-themed horror stories based on problem concepts that affect the African-American community. And I won't go into all the details, but here's the quote. Don't worry, you'll get the shit. You'll be knee-deep in the shit. See, I said it, but not out loud. <laughs> Tamika, rescue me, my dear. Go ahead. I don't usually say that word on the show, but I'll let you I'm get so away. I'm so sorry. That's well, okay, know, love. When I was growing up, one thing that my mother always told me that she got from her mom is that you have to laugh to keep from crying. And... This informs my creativity and also my personal life. And that's why I really like this quote in this movie. It's a very dark horror film. It is, it is looking at the African-American experience, but it is more broadly looking at the sins of America and how America violently impacts uh, a group of its citizens. And so it's about something, even though it is, you know, kind of a genre horror pick. It has some sort of social social justice themes to it. Um, and so this is the comedy within it, within this very dark, very bleak film. These guys are there to look for this package, which is supposed to be some some drugs. They're, they're drug dealers. And they keep referring to this over and over and over again in this film. And it is funny because Clarence Williams III is is brilliant as Mr. Sims. And, and the audience is looking at it and knows that he's, you know, he's he's going to be evil. And the characters are not in on it yet. And it's when it gets to this line that it just cracked me up. And I have to go to some really dark places in my work, in my short stories, in my novella. I go to some very dark places and there is always that kernel within there. There's always that nugget of either humor, of joy, of hope, of the character relying on their faith in the face of adversity, which is so much about the African-American experience. I think it's the thing that really why people were so connected to Get Out. Um, the Jordan Peele movie is because there was that balance of horror and, and joy and humor. Um, and so that's that's why that line has always spoken to me. It's one of my favorite horror films. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I let you do it. What a good host am I. <laughs> Thank you very much. J.P. McLean, you sent us a line 
said by the character Jim Hopper, played by David Harbour, the British spelling, H-A-R-B-O-U-R, in a letter to his daughter, Eleven, with a capital E, that's her name, played by Millie Bobby Brown. Of course, this is Stranger Things, the American sci-fi horror drama TV series on Netflix. This was from episode at the start of season three on July 17th, 2019. Stranger Things created by the Duffer Brothers, showrunners and executive producers, blah, blah, blah. Residents in the fictional small town of Hawkins, Indiana, played by hostile alternate dimension called the Upside Down. After a nearby human experimentation facility opens a gateway between the Upside Down and the normal world. Winona Ryder's in it, Cara Bono's in it, Matthew Modine, Sean I, Paul, Paul Reiser, Sean Aston, interesting cast. Here's the line that Jim Hopper says to his daughter. Make mistakes, learn from them, and when light hurt, life hurts you, because it will, remember the hurt. The hurt is good. It means you're out of that cave. JP, I have no idea what this means. What does this have to do with your creativity or anybody's creativity? Go ahead. Well, one of the things that um, I think makes writing really good is that visceral reaction that you can put into your work. So you draw from, I draw from, um, if you're really hurt, not physically hurt, but emotionally ruined, like if you've ever been dumped by a man you loved, if someone very excuse me, close to you dies, if your pet is sick, those things that happen are horrible, but they confirm that you're alive because you're feeling it and you're feeling it very deeply. And if you can put that into words, that will bring your reader so into the story and they'll be able to experience that scene that you need to get across to bring your point across. That's what it means to me. Thank you very much. Ladies, I really appreciate all of the creativity you used in picking your quotes. Now I have a surprise for you. You've each sent me four creativity statements. They're all wonderful. I'm going to pick one or two from each of you. I will read it. You don't have to go find your notes. Don't look for anything. I will read it and ask you to expand it or unpack it, as they say on the news shows. And if anybody has any comments, listen, you've got five fingers on each hand, I think. And four of those are the polite fingers. Don't use the mean one on me, okay? Just wiggle your finger. JP likes that. Just wiggle a nice finger at me and I will call on you if you want to comment. You don't have to comment. So let's start out, Diane. I'm looking at your statement number three. This is interesting to me. You say, while living in Dubai, I took art classes and learned so much about myself. I could be creative in ways I never dreamed of by working with different mediums, including painting with my hands. Diane, very interesting. Tell us more, please. Three minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Go ahead. Sure. Well, when I was in sixth grade, my sixth grade teacher took my art and she ripped it apart and told me I should never touch a paintbrush again. I was disgusting. And all I did was get the watercolor going out of the line. And then I made something else, sculpture, and she um, got on to me. So I never took art again. I knew I was horrible at it. Before that, I thought I was really good. <laughs> I was always I was always painting for fun. And it wasn't until I worked with this amazing teacher. And um, I loved finger painting when I was little. And so we were doing some work and I quit. We had this media that had a little molding with it. And so using my paintbrush, I started painting with my fingers. And then from there she goes, oh honey, you need to work with clay and I'm going to teach you this new type 
of clay that we can paint on. And before I knew it, because I had gone to the Arctic and um, dog sled for a week for breast cancer, that I had taken a picture and made this massive wall size picture of a glacier. And I, I stepped back and I just was like, oh my gosh, I let that teacher hypnotize me. And now I tell people, do not let people hypnotize you. Trust your heart and go for what you love. Very interesting. I, I've never said this on, on air and I haven't heard a guest say it, but based on what you're saying, Diane, we can also define creativity as a surprise. Yes, Our own true. creativity surprises us. When I moved to Durham, North Carolina several years ago, I've been here in, uh, I'm in Loudoun, Tennessee, and I tell people that I wanted to move to London. That's an mm -hmm. N. But I tilted my head. That's how I read some. I tilted my head, and the first N in London turned into a U. So I ended up moving to Loudoun. JP got it. Moving to, to make it got to. Moving to Loudoun, Tennessee. It's very beautiful here, by the way, but a, a whole different world. Uh, so when I moved to Durham, I noticed there was a sale at Michael's, the craft store. And it was on this uh, portfolio type of thing with a handle. You carry it. And inside were art tools. There were some canvases. There was some paper. There were crayons. There were pencils. There were uh, watercolors. A, a package of acrylics, some brushes, and a book on the different types of mediums. And I thought, well, that's really cool. It's on sale for something like 60 bucks. So I bought it and I brought it home and I said, well, what the hell am I going to do with it now? I'm not an artist. I stuck it in the closet. And about two years later, I was looking through the closet. I said, what the heck is this doing here? Well, I wanted it. Let me take a look. And I brought it out, put it in my kitchen. Great big kitchen counter the size of a, of a, of a huge table, basically, like a, almost kidney shaped in the middle of the kitchen. So I put it out and I opened it up. I looked, I said, that's nice. I didn't think about it. Two weeks later, I opened it up. I said, oh, let me take the stuff out. That's nice. A couple of weeks later, I took out the stuff and I started getting some paper and making some, I don't know, watercolors, whatever it was. Well, somehow it got into me, Diane. It got under my skin and I started painting and I haven't stopped. I have about 250 paintings now. I've done watercolors. I've done paint pouring with acrylics. I've done multimedia, no package that comes into my house ever gets thrown in the garbage without looking for, does it have a foil lining? Does it have fancy wrapping paper on it? I now do create my own papers for collages. I bought 12 by 12 cover stock instead. And I have a whole bunch of canvases too. I have big paintings, little ones hanging in my garage, in my bedroom, in my office here. I got 20. And I learned that you can take tissue paper, anything that fruit is wrapped in that you get in a gift pack or in a any kind of a gift bag, and put watercolors or acrylics on it and let it dry. And it becomes custom papers you use in collages. Wow. I've been creating my own papers for weeks and uh, I, I'm just having a blast with it. I have about 15 of what I call collages, mixed media. I cut things out from my notes from my radio show, little sayings that people have said and paste them on. And it's, so Diane, what I'm trying to say is that art to me is a surprise. Yes. I didn't know. I had no, am I any good? I don't know. It's all abstract. Some of the big, some of them are small. It just, it's a release. It's like what writing is to all of you that my writing will be if I ever finished my novella. Thank you very much for the spark there, Diane. Like, to me, uh, JP, you want to say something? I saw that finger go up. Go ahead. I was just wondering if you created your backdrop. I, is that one of your pieces? Actually, it is. And I'll tell you what, the lips were applied by the artist who used to work at Voice America and he put the words on it. This 
caricature was created for me by an advertising agency. I didn't do that. But what you see is one of my early watercolors, and this is called The City, and those are buildings with, I like to use glitter glue, gold glitter glue. I have about eight different colors, and those are earrings that are missing the mate. And I said to myself, well, those are materials I can use. So I punched the earring, pierced through the canvas and put the backing on it. So if you looked at this piece, you'd see there's about eight little of those little things you put on the back of your earrings. And I did several pieces like this using earrings, basically leftover or lost jewelry to decorate my art. So there you go. Thank you for asking. You're very, very kind. Thank you. Oh, don't applaud me. Okay, let's go to, let's see now. I'm picking a statement for you, Tamika, and I like this one a lot because this speaks to my definition of creativity that I tell people who are not on the show. When I, I talk to people, oh, would you like to be on my show? No, I'm not creative. Yes, you are. You created your life. So Tamika says, I create my reality with my intentions my life partner, my children, the home in which I live, the friends I keep, what I spend my time and energy pursuing and not pursuing. Very telling. Tamika, talk to me. You know, I had to create a space within myself at a very young age because I was working and I didn't live in the greatest neighborhood. I grew up in Detroit. And it was at the height of the crack epidemic, and it was a violent place to to grow up. Um, but I had I went to a small Catholic school, and I felt like that was kind of my respite from my neighborhood. Uh, but I had to create this space within myself that was impenetrable, and I couldn't let negativity in. And that has carried me, I think, throughout that that space is protected and that I spend my time creating the reality that I want for myself. And part of that is getting rid of a lot of the negativity that can that can crowd out your intentions. Um, there are times where people don't understand what it is that I am trying to do with my with my books or with my stories. I get a lot. Oh, you have such a bubbly personality. You're so bright. Why are you doing things that are so dark? Um, and that's their reality. You know, but I have my own reality. I have my own things that I'm pursuing. I have my own intentions and I have the life that I want to live. And so I have to push all of those things aside to protect the space within me, the space for my intentions. Protect the space for my intentions. What I love about this type of roundtable is that I think we learn so much from each other, these little gems, these nuggets that are coming out of all of you. We can all relate to them or not. Maybe we say that's not my what my creativity is about, but it certainly is. Very, very interesting. I remember when I did one of my first TV shows on Long Island and a neighbor neighbor's wife called me. He was my accountant, actually. Lived in my building on, in Great Neck, Long Island, and she said... You really need more makeup, and I don't think you should wear a skirt. You need to wear pants, and I don't like your glasses. I know, Diane. I know. And I said to myself, when was she ever on TV? When was she ever producing and hosting and talking to people about what they're doing and presenting things? Probably never. It's interesting, protecting your space, Tamika, and and we have to learn, don't we, that it's okay to protect our space. You do, because sometimes, usually the people who are going to say those things to you are the people who are close to you. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes total strangers. I'll tell you all off air about one of my plays that I produced live in Durham and the reactions I got. It was, 
a life lesson in be careful what audience you present your creativity to because they don't all get it. Thank you very much. JP, I'm picking two of your statements because I think they go together. Number two and number four. Don't look for them. I will read them. JP's number two statement says, life is black and white in shades of gray. Creativity adds color. Okay, and you use the British spelling for color. I like with the O-U-R, like David Harbour. And then in number four, you say, I find inspiration in other people's creativity. Art begets art, no matter the form. Tamika likes that one. When I'm immersed, this is JP talking, when I'm immersed in music and wandering around an art gallery, I'm inspired to write something moving or beautiful. JP, this is very interesting. Art begets art. Talk to me. Two minutes. Go ahead. I, I find... When I am enjoying somebody else's art, and that could be a painting, it could be a piece of music, it is often a piece of music. If I'm getting lost in that piece of music, I get inspired to, and it's the same thing with uh, what I was talking about, that visceral hurt. When something hits you like that, it's it, it creates the words and it creates the canvas that I can write on. So I find myself immersed at my most creative when I'm immersed in some other people's uh, art. I often go walking here to get some exercise and um, I, I often have music. I'm listening to music and people will say to me, well, how can you stand listening to music? Don't you want to hear, you know, the birds singing and such? I can hear the birds singing. What I want to hear and what I want to feel are the emotions that the musician is putting into the music and putting into the words, because then when I go back to sit down at my laptop, I am ready to let loose some of the stuff that that music has brought up in me. Thank you, JP. I meant to ask you, pick up that book if you can, Ghost Mark, and show us the cover. It's behind, is it behind you, have it there? Yeah, hold it the other way, that's it. Good, perfect. Is that you? to ask because we asked if Tamika was on our <laughs> time. Oh, yes, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> she's beautiful, as no, beautiful as you no, are. No, that's not me. Yeah, she's she's beautiful. Yeah, no, not me. And who designed your cover? It's lovely. A, com- a company called JD&J Designs. They're out of Florida. Very, very nice. Nicely done. Thank you. Ladies, another surprise. We're going to talk about some famous people's birthdays who are Aries. And I have three social media stars I guarantee you never heard of. I celebrate three social people each week, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And then some events in music history that happened on this day in various years, and then some holidays. So we've got just about eight minutes left, and let me see if I can speed read through this. Okay, ladies, today is Eddie Murphy's birthday. Anybody guess how old he is? Anybody? 63. 62. Who said 63? Who said 63? I said 63. How'd you know? (laughs) I I followed his career for so long. I figured he was around there. She's omniscient, comedian, singer, director, actor. Are we talking about Tamika or Eddie Murphy? Uh, He (laughs) starred in Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, Daddy Daycare, Norbert, Dr. Doolittle. He was the voice of Donkey in the Shrek series. Did you know that at 15, he started performing his own stand-up comedy routines, and he performed on Saturday Night Live from 1980 to 84. Happy birthday, Eddie Murphy, a talent. Here's an actor I'm just becoming aware of. His name is Adam Scott. He's 50 today. He was Henry Pollard on the short-lived 
lived Star's original series, Party Down, and he was Leslie Knope's love interest or Nope on Parks and Rec. That was uh, Amy Poehler's character. He was he played Ben Wyatt, and in we all may know him on Big Little Lies. He was Reese Witherspoon. That's a tongue twister. Her character's husband in Big Little Lies. He played in a bunch of movies. But what's annoying me is that I saw Adam Scott on a TV series I binged about a week ago. I binge a lot on the weekends if I have nothing else to do. I have searched every bio there is for him, including Wikipedia and the birthday site, and I cannot find the name of the series. He was somebody's husband, and he was a pain in the butt, and I think he cheated royally, and I cannot find that character or that TV series. I think it was a one-season one wonder and I don't remember it. But anyway, that's Adam Scott. He's he's a little bit doofy, but he's storing an awful lot of stuff. Uh, he's also a co- co-created uh, and co-host of a podcast called You Talking to Me with his friend Scott Ackerman, an actress from Canada named Kobe Smaller, Smulders is 41 today. She played Robin Cherbatsky. Anybody remember her on How I Met Your Mother? She was Robin, and we all wondered if she was the mom. 2014, she played in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. She played the agent Maria Hill, and she starred in a comedy series on Netflix, a series of unfortunate events. The show I remember her from was the ABC crime drama series Stumptown, and she was a detective who did things her own way. And she held her meetings in a bar where I think she was the bartender or friends of the bar. Very, very interesting comedy. Well, it was funny in a way, but it was certainly crime. Okay, social media. We have a young man named, yeah, it's T-Y-G, all one word, Y-E-A-H-I-T-S-T-Y-G. His real name is Ty T-Y Gibson. He's a TikTok creator famous for a sense of humor. He posts comedy sketches. And get this, the reason we're celebrating his birthday, 23, is that he's got more than 9 million fans. I had somebody who was a slime creator on social a couple weeks ago, and he had about 23 million. That's why I picked these people for birthday shout outs. We have a young lady named Diamonds Flawless, D-Y-M-O-N-D-S-F-L-A-W-L-E-S, one word. She's 22. She's a beauty and lifestyle vlogger. She has a YouTube channel, and it only, poor girl, she only has 1.1 million followers. She's just starting out. But, however, she did a video in December 19 called Picking Up Little Brother from School in Lamborghini! Exclamation point. All in capitals, Lamborghini. And it's been only viewed over 5 million times. Only 5 million. JP, I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. And then, and so much for children being nice, Diane. There you go. And Tamika, they didn't start as early as you did, but what can I say? And then we have a young man who's actually 31 named Ben Soffer, S-O-F-F-E-R. He went viral for Boy With No Job Instagram account, whatever that means. Uh, Thebrobible.com called him a must-follow for his hilarious commentary and memes, talking about the typical bro lifestyle. He is just starting out because he only has 1.5 million Insta followers. I, I feel sorry for him. Ben, you really better get to work. Let me give you some music history here. Today in 1982, Burt Bacharach and Carol Bayer Sager, the songwriters, got married five days before they won the Oscar for Best Original Song for Arthur's Theme. Remember the best you can do from the movie Arthur. Remember that? They got married in 1982. 
1981 on this day, the Elvis Presley documentary, This is Elvis, premiered in Memphis, Tennessee. In this day in 1971, The Temptations, Just My Imagination, Running Away With Me, I Killed That, hit number one for two weeks. Uh, Elvis's movie, It Happened at the World's Fair, opened in L.A. in 1963. Okay. Eddie Murphy. We know he was born today. Okay, I just said that. The Marcells, anybody remember Blue Moon from the 1960s? It hit number one, Blue Moon, you had me standing. I'm killing it, I know. In 1960, Elvis recorded It's Now or Never at RCA Studio B and stole part of the the theme from Oh Solo Mio. Okay. Uh, In 2008, Jay-Z joined Madonna and U2 in signing a contract with Live Nation. How about that? Um, in, uh, let's see, a couple more. Oh, 1995, the real real audio player, Josh, my engineer may know about this, was introduced in 1995, allowing users to stream audio over the internet for the first time. Okay. Uh, let's see. In 1989, on this day in Pittsburgh, there was a shakeout outside a Grateful Dead concert. You know why? People tried to get in without tickets. Oh, my. The police arrested two dozen people. And you know what the mayor of Pittsburgh said, I don't want those dead enders ever back again in Pittsburgh. She was quoted. In 1976, Johnny Taylor's Disco Lady, I love, oh my goodness, Roman's out of time, hit number one on the Hot 100, the first chart topper with the word disco in it. We'll leave that. And Doris Day made her big break in 1939 with Les Brown and the Band of Renown, blah, blah, blah. She did. Uh, she was born today also. So uh, today is American Circus Day, Co- Community Garden Day, Fish Fingers and Custard Day, National Chocolate Moose Day, I'll go get them afterwards, Independent Artist Day on the Minted website, National Gray Day, if you know anybody named G-R-E-Y, celebrate them. National Inspiring Joy Day, that's for you, Diane. World Party Day, National Bake Week, and Take Your Poet to School Week. Bring something to school about your favorite poet. Ladies, let's give our, quickly, let's give our websites. Diane, where do you want people to find you, dear? I'll spell it, D-I-A-N-N-F-L-O-Y-D-B-O-E-H-M.com. Thank you. Thank you. I always do the spelling. You did it so well. I'll let it oh. stay there. <laughs> Tamika, what's your website? TamikaThompson.com. T-A-M-I-K-A-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N.com. J.P. McLean, where do we go for you? J.P. McLean Author.com. That's J-P-M-C-L-E-A-N-A-U-T-H-O-R.com. Thank you, ladies. Don't go away. We're going to take pictures after. Let's rock this closing. Your life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly love truly laugh uncontrollably everybody laugh with me (laughs) that was great and never regret anything that made you smile and finally work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares dance like no one's watching when i was teaching disco on a formica table in a high school cafeteria in high heels to 250 people i didn't fall but they all watched trust me sing like nobody's listening i try not to sing on the air and love like you've never been hurt because we all have get over it money talks Mm -hmm. chocolate sings love and last but not least, thank you. I stole this line. Thank you for turning me on Radio Red. Bye to social media. Bye. To- Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.